The nail in the coffin! It's the nail in the coffin, part of the world famous Evergreen Podcast Network. Trev, what's going on, man? Tino, buddy, how are you, my man? It's been a while. It has been a long time, but uh, it's good to be back in the saddle. Busy weekend with the kid. We uh, wrapped up uh, the uh, the softball season over here, and uh, just in time to start cheerleading season now. So uh, it never stops. Oh yeah, I believe it. Um, it's weird this summer, like. We haven't had a ton to talk about, but I feel like in comparison to last year, it's like night and day difference. It's so yeah. weird. There's so much stuff going on. Yeah, everything's happening. It, it, it's all happening. So uh, it's good to be busy, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, here we are. And speaking of being busy, the Indians were busy on uh, Friday morning uh, informing us that when they take the field... In 2022, they are going to have a new name, the uh, the Guardians. They're going to be the Cleveland Guardians, and uh, <laughs> you might have heard something about this. I, I think a couple people around town might have had an opinion here in the last uh, couple days. Yeah, I think it qualified as news. Um, yeah, kind of, a, kind of a wild thing that it came to. Like the the Tom Hanks video, I thought was kind of funny. Like maybe a little bit melodramatic for what it is, but um, I enjoyed that. Anytime you can get Tom Hanks, you got to get him. You got to get him on the track, right? Yeah, it was the uh, you got Tom Hanks narrating. You got uh, the Black Keys with the soundtrack. It was a it's a well produced video. I was, was a little well surprised that you know because there was that story I think that broke like the day before that said the Indians had chosen a name but they weren't going to say what it was yet. And I texted one of our friends. I said they better get it out quick because I guarantee you that's going to leak if they wait too long. Spoiler, and, uh, I was yeah. that friend. Oh, that was you? Okay. That was me. Yeah, it was me who done that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I've had a lot of conversations in the last few well, days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because you, as you said, it, I was like, wait a minute. Someone said that to me, and I was like, oh, okay, that's right. It was it was Tino. That's right. That all makes sense now. Okay. Oh, there it but, is. Yeah, yeah I mean, and- you were right. Like, they had to get it. If, if it was out there, there was someone that knew, and, and if they waited much longer, it would have gotten out anyways. And they wouldn't yeah. have had the opportunity to produce this this great video with Tom Hanks. So you got to do it when you have the opportunity. Yeah, I don't think they necessarily rushed it out because I don't think you could have had all the uh, the materials put together for a presentation like that that quickly. Uh, obviously, it's been in the works for a while. Whether it was the video or all the graphics and the you know the whole nine yards with the you wouldn't that know rollout. it by some of the graphics. <laughs> we'll but... get into that later. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I, I think there were a lot of people around town that, um, for obvious reasons, I think we're pretty passionate about the fact that this uh, finally marks the, uh, the the nail in the coffin, if you will, for uh, the Indian's name. Uh, I know I talked to neighbors, family, friends over the weekend, and um, people had strong opinions about it. Um, <laughs> I was at uh, SmackDown on Friday night, and John Cena made a really, really awkward joke about changing his middle name to guardians. And there were about 10,000 people at uh, rocket mortgage field house. And I would say probably 90% of them booed. So, oh, um, so it was a joke, like the funny kind, but, but different. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So um, they, they might have an uphill battle with this one, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have a ton to say about the Indians name going away. We we've known this was coming for a really long time. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's the fact that they decided to change the name didn't surprise anyone. There was like, there were some like weird rumblings not that long ago that like, well, maybe after they do their research, they'll just stick with Indians. And you and I were in agreement. We're like, no, 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 that toothpaste is out of the tube. Like they're moving on. What they move on to is, you know, yet to be seen. But no, they they were not going to be the Indians. um, Once they announced last summer that they were doing a review of their brand identity. Yeah. That that's was basically the equivalent of an employee struggling at work, being put on a performance improvement plan. Uh, the it's writing is the, on uh, the wall. Yeah. It's the, um, 
it's the the vote of confidence that a coach gets from the owner right their, their battle, days are much numbered. maligned yeah right their days are numbered um and so i don't know i mean i had there were some names that i liked some names i didn't like i i'll be honest i'm really glad it wasn't spiders i thought i just thought spiders was terrible i know that that seemed to be the most polarizing and probably had the strongest like the most support behind it of the names that were out there but I just, I don't know. I didn't like it. Every concept I saw of spiders seemed very like Mickey Mouse and arena football. Not that the Guardian stuff is all that much better, but um, yeah. And so I'll tell you the one thing that like jumped out at me. And as I started to think about it, it's like there aren't any teams that we really call. If, if it's more than one syllable, we don't call them by that name, right? For the Indians forever. No one ever said go Indians. I don't think I ever heard anyone call them, you know, the Indians. It was always the tribe. Um, for the Buckeyes, everyone says go Bucks. For the Cavaliers, everyone says go Cavs. You can't really shorten the Guardians that well. Um, I'm sure we will probably force something out there, but it'll happen organically. <laughs> I mean, naturally, I, it will happen. But when the when the Indians' name was introduced, I don't think they co-introduced tribe i think that was something that just kind of organically developed among the fans over the years i mean i could see guards or something like that um yeah but well when indians was introduced they just used like mocking native american war calls so they found <laughs> other ways around it um I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but it's i don't know yeah something will happen i'm sure and i think when when it became quick and loans arena I don't know that we all thought the queue would stick and it kind of has, I think it's kind of stupid, but it has stuck for better or worse. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that sort of evolves, the, I guess. Uh, now it's the Romo Fijo. So, whoa, rocket mortgage field house. Whoa. That's a lot. <laughs> Does anyone call it that? Uh, I believe the, uh, the fun folks they... on the, uh, the Alan Cox show on WMMS came up with that. Okay. So. They should probably put that one back in the box. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, it's weird. It's, I don't hate the name. I don't, I, I do find it funny how many people are like, oh yeah, it's really Cleveland. I've seen those statues my whole life. I'm like, yeah, you didn't know that they were called anything until like two years ago. Right. So like, people that act like these were this, this like peak Cleveland identity landmark, I think rings a little disingenuous. Um, I, but whatever. I, I, like, I've got, I've got a lot more thoughts on the direction they choose to they chose to go with going forward, but I did have a couple thoughts as we kind of put, uh, put a bow on uh, the whole Indians um, moniker. You know, I, I, a lot of people were upset that, you know, that name's going away. And, you know, I, I think when you really think about the, the Dolan's ownership tenure, they're the longest tenured owners in the history of the franchise and how they've handled the controversy uh, around the name and the logos with the team. Um, I, I think that's along with payroll and the fact that the team's always pretty good, but never been quite good enough to win the whole thing come close. Um, I think those are like probably the three defining stories of their tenure uh, in charge of the franchise and, you know, th this is something, yeah, they announced that formal review last summer and then they announced they were going to change the team name in, I think it was December. But I mean, you know, if, if you're having a hard time letting go of the Indians name, they've done you a solid with how they've done this because this whole process, I mean, you could really trace this back 13 years. I, I was looking through like some of their logo history and things like that. They first put a block C on one of their hats in the Dolan era, that is back in 2008 on one of their uniforms, all the other hats were still Wahoo, you know, Indians on the, you know, home uniform and, and the terrible script. I hat for a while. That well, this, this replaced debacle. that they, uh, they got rid of those vest uniforms and they got those cream colored alternates with the, with the first block C hat. And then a few years after that, it was okay. Now we're going to put block C on the primary road uniforms. But even then, like, what's the one thing we've known about the Indians in the last 25 years? If they're playing a big game on the road, they're wearing their alternates. They always wore the blue. So, you know, yeah, okay, the, the gray uniforms now have got a block C hat. No big deal. Well, then it was, okay, now we're going to go a little further. Now we're just going to have one helmet for all the games. It's going to be the block C. 
And then a couple years after that, it was, okay, we're going to switch our logo designation. So now the C is technically our primary, air quotes here, but we're still keeping Wahoo. We're still going to have Wahoo on the hats and on the jersey sleeves. And then a few years after that, it was, okay, now we're going to remove Wahoo from the hats and the jersey sleeves. But don't worry, we're still selling Wahoo merchandise. We're still going to be called the Indians. And then they do that review last summer. They announced the name change plan last winter. And even now we get to the point where they're rolling out the new identity and it's still the same colors. They've still got a script logo that looks not exactly the same, but pretty similar to the old one. The uniforms aren't going to be much different because they're basically just going to be plugging in the new logos and word marks where the old ones were. So I don't know what the opposite phrase is for ripping off the bandaid, but (laughs) this is the, polar opposite of that. So um, we've had plenty of of time to adjust and and prepare for this. Um, The the writing's been on the wall for a long time. And, you know, I I know that there's, you know, the the folks who are like, you know, where do we draw the line in this stuff? Here. Here's where we draw the line. We draw the line here. (laughs) If enough people spend the next 40 years, 40 Four zero forty 40 years protesting the name Browns outside of First Energy Stadium, then in 2061, you and I can jump back on here and I'll say it's time to change the name of the Browns as well. Um, I mean, look, th- this argument over what their name should be and, and, and you know whether they should keep the Indians name or not, it, it was never going away. That's the one thing, and I think you and I have talked about this before, it, it was just never going to go away. I mean, it, it kept happening year after year after year. And if you were in the keep the Indians camp, your best case scenario was getting a chance to have the same argument again next year. And I know for me personally, it just got to a point where it's just not worth it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think like, I don't know, like you said, it, it was one of these things that honestly, I don't know that anyone can really put a strong, like, put a strong case together as to why they were so adamant and so passionate about this name and all these people that are like, Oh, well, if they're not called Indians, I'm not rooting for them anymore. It's like, well, okay. Probably a relatively shitty fan to begin with. Like- so to that, to that end. Okay. So I, a good friend of mine, neighbor, uh, I was talking with over the weekend had said, you know, they're, they're not going to be this. I'm not going to games anymore. They're still going to watch. They were still really bummed out though about the name change because for them, it was that historical connection to the Indians name and remembering watching in the nineties when we're growing up with like bell and Bayerga and Kenny Lofton. And, you know, those were the names and, and, and those were the, you know, that was the team name and those were the uniforms. And that was what you, you know, developed a connection to. I sympathize with that. I'm with that. And I think it's important to, you know, emphasize, and I think the the team has done this, that even though they're changing the name, you're you're not erasing history here, and, and you shouldn't. You know, the Indians played in the 1995 and 97 and 2016 World Series. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna roll my eyes really hard if I see some announcer saying, "Oh yeah, when the Guardians played in the 97 World Series." No, they didn't. The Indians played in the World Series. Um, you know, it, it wasn't the guardians making all of that history that made you love the team. It was the Indians. And it's okay to say that. And, but, you know, but at the I same time, it wasn't really like it was the Cleveland baseball team. It, was, it didn't matter but, that they were called the Indians. If they were from another city, you wouldn't have given a shit. It was the right. fact that it was the Cleveland baseball team. The That's name true. doesn't matter. Like it, okay. I get the I get the nostalgic connection to it. Well, they, going out, yeah, when I was a kid, I loved though. having a Wahoo hat. Like I loved it. I thought it was sure. the best thing, right? I get that side of it, but it doesn't matter what they were called then. And like you said, you don't have to pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. You can still and, remember that stuff fondly. But if the only reason you remember it fondly is not because Albert Bell was a sociopath and <laughs> like all the the good things that happened on the field, but the fact that they were called the Indians, like, what are you even doing here? Right. Because that's not Indians. It's not really that great of a nickname in the first place. You know, I I think we can all recognize that that name, that logo, that identity for the team was a product of that time. And it's, we don't have to pretend like 
that didn't exist. Now, if the team makes the World Series in 2023, I'm going to say the Guardians are in the World Series. I'm, you know, because that's what they're going to be called starting next year. So, you know, it's okay to move on. But um, yeah, do you do you think you were starting to get into this before? Do you think they got it right with the going with Guardians? I know you don't like spiders, but personally, how, how do we no. Feel about Guardians? No, I like it more than spiders. I don't hate it. I think it's a little like, and this is maybe unavoidable, right? Because it's a hundred plus year old franchise, and they're trying to just give it a new name. It feels a little like artificial to me, um, and I don't think there's a way. I mean, I'm sure there is. Someone will probably come up with something. I don't think they've done it yet. But I kind of wanted a name that could feel feel a little more like a little more timeless, a little more classical, a little more like traditional, and have almost a vintagey type feel to it. Um, which is part of why I was I personally I liked Commodores. I liked that you could tie the nautical aspect into Lake Erie you it aligned with like the minor league teams the Clippers and the captains and I thought you could do some really good like branding ideas that weren't super like in your face that could be more like toned down and so that was the one that I liked the most um I haven't seen anything from Guardians that tells me that it's gonna feel that way but you know it's still early I'm sure they'll come up with stuff Um, I think yeah, I was going to say, I think that's going to take time because if a basketball team was named the Cavaliers, you know, in 2021, what, for the first time, I, I think, you know, what the hell does a Cavalier have to do with Cleveland? But, you know, now it because they've been around for over 50 years, it just kind of rolls off your tongue. The Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cavs, it's what we've always known. Um, that That's one of those things I, I think it takes time. The, uh, the Commodores... Uh, the the tie-in with the minor league teams, I had not given that any thought. I, I mean, I guess you could even kind of theoretically tie in the uh, the rubber ducks with that as well. They're floating on the water there. Uh, it's a bathtub, but... Um, and the one thing, like, I don't know, the one thing that isn't like rock and roll, and you don't really have yes. to explain, I feel like, like Rockers was clearly, in my opinion, the worst of them all. Um, I'm glad that they didn't get sucked into that. But the one thing that everyone knows about Cleveland is that it's on Lake Erie. If you look up history of Lake Erie, the battle of Lake Erie was very notable. Commodore Perry is well known as like a very, I don't know, a a, a very important historical figure that Cleveland embraces to an extent. Like he's a guy that most people have heard of. Um, And outside of Cleveland, it's not, it doesn't require a ton of explanation. The idea that we're going to, you know, tell everyone, Oh yeah, we got these statues on a bridge going to the stadium that are called guardians. And so it's after that. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I was really glad that it, we don't see a logo with a guitar. Oh God. Um, That That felt inevitable in some respects. And I'm glad it didn't happen. I was nervous. (laughs) Shout out to the Cavs, by the way, for the all-star game logo that they've got for uh, next winter. That um, also does not have the guitar. They went with the terminal tower motif, which I thought was pretty cool. Really limited on what they could do with that. And, um, they made the best of uh, within the confines they were working with. Um, but um, yeah, I, uh, you know, speaking of the Cavs, they actually were the first ones to do something with the, the uh, Guardians of Transportation Bridge. You remember the first city edition, LeBron's last year here, that the pattern down the side of those was inspired by those statues on the bridge. See, that I would be more on board with just having it as like, a subtle like note in there. Right. I don't know that the whole branding thing should be built around it. It would have um, helped, I think, to have a better visual identity. The con- all this. Yeah, the logos and the stuff I'm, they came out with did not not do I'm, them any favors. No, I'm fine with the name. I think I'm more fine with the name than you are. Um, but I the 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 visual in, you know package here the the word mark that's going to go on the jerseys the logos. Um, felt really it felt like they they had competing priorities number one it was like we can't have anything problematic anymore but we also want to have a look and feel that is as close to what we had previously as possible which is why you have a guardian script that kind of looks like the indians only a little bit more angular i guess and 
Um, <laughs> somebody even pointed out with that wing G baseball logo that if you like, that one's the worst. It, yeah. Everything else I could live with. That one just looked terrible. If, they, if you turn it like clockwise, 45 degrees or something, it like certain sort of resembles the shape of chief Wahoo. I'm like, you're trying a little too hard there. My, no, my favorite one was the one who like said, it looked like the wings and Polly walnuts from Sopranos hair. <laughs> just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that, that's a, that's a, in its favor then that's um yeah i i think part of it for me was when they said they wanted a new identity that was completely detached from everything that got them to this point where they felt like they had to make a change i thought they were going to go for a more complete break and it just seems like they prioritized keeping as much of the old look as they possibly could and i did say like i said to you last week like the the dolans are cheap crowd probably had a field day with the fact that they kept the same five letters at the end of the name. Like they only have to replace a few letters on each sign. Stop. I felt like that was a really obvious joke and it took a little bit for anyone else on Twitter to make it. So I felt like I was a little about ahead, a little ahead of it, but and I'm not one of the Dolans or cheap people. So obviously I'm, I'm saying that with, tongue firmly in cheek but um it was just i don't know i i've i felt like it was like 80 percent done yeah it just i it it really seems like and one idea that i saw thrown out there was they don't want the stadium next year if you got a bunch of people showing up in indians gear it's going to look kind of bad on TV if you roll out a new identity that's a completely different color scheme. I don't think everything. they have to worry about a whole lot of people showing up in any well, gear. That's, yeah. Um, and, yeah, maybe just kind of getting people to not feel like all of their old merchandise is entirely obsolete. And I would not be surprised if within the next five to ten years they, at a minimum, add, like, another accent color or they add more logos you know, like alternate logos or just do something to kind of evolve this. And, you know, cause everything about this, as I was laying out that whole timeline before has been as deliberate as possible. So I, you know, yeah, this is like the big watershed moment where they finally changed the name, but like that evolution of what the base the Cleveland baseball team looks like, I, I think we've still got steps to go. So um, I, I don't think that's a necessarily an entirely finished product. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, ultimately, I don't care all that much. Like, even if it was Spiders and Spiders was the one that had the most momentum and I didn't really care for it. I wasn't going to care that much. I want a team that I like watching. Like, that's what I'm that's my primary concern is a team that I think is competitive every year. Um, And and for the most part, they have have been this year, notwithstanding. and, they, and in fairness, they've been relatively competitive, which was stunning considering the roster that they trotted out and the injuries they've had to deal with and all that it's stuff. It's been a so, season from hell with injuries. So Yeah, and they've yeah. still managed to not, you know, not embarrass themselves. Obviously, I, I don't know. I don't see them doing much the rest of the way here. They're probably, I'd say they're probably done. But, um, yeah, I mean, so they, they've still overachieved it a little bit. So... That's plenty for me. Um, And I guess the whole I'm not going to go to these games if they're not the Indians. Well, no one was going to fucking games anyways. Like (laughs) judging by the attendance. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's it's just one of these other things. Like people just constantly finding stuff to bitch about. It was like, oh, if the Indians Indians suck, why am I going to go to these games? It's okay. Well, the Indians, they win 100, you know, they win 100 games to go to the World Series. Oh, well, they're not spending any money. They added like 50 million in payroll over the course of two, uh, two years. Oh, it's this uh, Dolans are cheap. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you just aren't going to go. And that's okay. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody how to spend their money. Like if you don't think it's worth it to you, don't do it. But don't these, pretend like, like it's for reasons. Don't pretend like, like yeah, just say you don't want to spend money going to a baseball game. Yeah. Don't pretend that you're this awesome fan and you have all these other reasons that you don't go to games. Um, like I love the Indians. I like going to baseball games every once in a while. I'll go to a couple of year and that's pretty much it. Not one of these people who can go every night, but I'm also not criticizing anybody. And I'm not like looking at, let's be honest for the last, and this is going off on a bit of a tangent here. The, the Indians are what 
we would have loved the Browns or the Cavs are a little unique, obviously, because they won and outside of the LeBron time, they've been terrible. But we would kill for that sort of like stability and ownership for the other teams in town. Mm-hmm. But we, for whatever reason, because unfortunately, the, the one league that the Dolans are in is the one without a salary cap. So they're kind of, you know, at the mercy of their their market to an extent. But like the team's incredibly well run. And there's 15 other small market teams in the league that wish they had the Indians leadership. Um, and so people that are going to complain about stuff like the team name and all this other garbage, like, I don't yeah, know. That's that for me. That. Was I, I'm just glad that we're going to finally be able to get to a point where we can stop having this argument over like whether the name should change or not. It is, it's the same argument every year. Everybody makes the same points on both sides every year. Nobody changes their mind and round and round we go. And for me, it's just really nice that, you know, once this change finally goes into effect after this season's over and, you know, they take the field next year with a different name and different uniforms, we can finally just focus on normal baseball things like Jose Ramirez is awesome. Shane Bieber is one of the best pitchers in baseball. We bunt too damn much, you know, um, we could talk about our players and, and baseball strategy and normal baseball things. And we don't have to waste time and oxygen on, you know, is our logo offensive? I just, I, I can't do it anymore. And I'm really glad I won't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, we, we spent limited time on it because I think you and I like we're less, invested in the team name than we were in the team um and so you know it was just sort of one of these things like okay this will happen eventually whatever um but yeah i'm with you i think it's like if you like the baseball team in cleveland guess what they're still the baseball team in cleveland you can still watch them and bitch about their payroll and not go to the games as much as you did before like nothing has changed except the name on the jersey so that's right. Whatever. I, I'm, I'm exhausted talking about it now and it's over. So that's true. Well, hey, you know what? We won't have to do it anymore. But let's talk about other uniforms. The, the Browns have decided to get in on the action this weekend as well. They uh, rolled out their 75th anniversary uniform. Um, you had a good observation about this before we started recording. Would you like to share that with the masses? Yeah. So it. It feels to me and it looks to me like what the prior jerseys should have been. I not so affectionately refer to the other ones as the FUBU jerseys. <laughs> it's It's got like the, the really sort of over the top, like bright drop shadow on the numbers. It's got it, it, what the other one did really poorly. This one does really well. And if we had this one, what is it, six years ago now? Seven years ago? When did the old ones come out? I don't know. Whenever the old ones came out. Yeah, okay. So six years ago. If we had that one then, I don't know that we would have been so pissed off and clamoring for new ones. Yeah. Um, it's it's worlds better. I don't know I don't know how I feel about the number on the helmet thing. Like generally I like that, but I don't know how I feel about brown number, white stripe, that look. Mm-hmm. I get that that's what the helmet was back seventy five years ago or whatever, but um I don't know how I love that, but I, the jerseys I think are incredible. Um, I like the numbers. I like the design and I'm, I'm in on it. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's good. Look, it sounds like they're going to wear them for a few games this year. I don't know if this is just a one year thing for the 75th anniversary or if, uh, you know, a lot of teams when they roll out a throwback, they end up keeping them for a few years. I don't think you could come out with a different throwback um, within like, you know, back to back years. I think once you pick a design, you're kind of stuck with that. Yeah, one but for, for a while. while. So I don't know, maybe they'd wear these more after this year, or maybe they just will get away from throwbacks in general, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good look. And, um, Browns are on a real roll. I feel like with, uh, all their branding and just everything with their look since they brought out the, the new Here's, set last year, I'll throw this question at you. How do you think they'd be received if, if the Browns were coming into the season, looking like they're a front runner for the first overall pick? <laughs> um, I, I don't, that's a good question. I because we've seen, I mean, we've seen a lot. Obviously, I think even in hindsight, most of the old redesign like uniforms have been 
dog shit. So I don't know that it, it's so much that the team was terrible when they came out, but I got to personally, I mean, I have to think that the fact that everybody is very pumped up and excited about the Browns this year gives them a little bit of goodwill to work with when that comes out. It helps. It definitely helps. I, I feel like I'd probably be saying like, if we played half as good as we looked, we could probably be like a 500 team, but um yeah. yeah, this this jersey will look a lot better on this team in 2021 than it would have looked on the Browns in 20, you know, 2013 or whatever. Right. So so naturally, yes, the uniforms are going to look better. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh oh, good good times for the Browns here. I'm excited. We'll be talking obviously a lot more about them as we get into training camp and uh, the preseason, which man is just not that far away. It's uh it's crazy. But yeah, um, it is rapidly approaching. Yeah. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. All right. We are a little over a half an hour in and there was one more topic I wanted to talk with you about. I think you've got much stronger feelings about this than I do. Um, football season has not really officially started yet, but it certainly seems like college football right now is being turned upside down on its head with, uh, you know, between, uh, you know, players getting their uh, endorsement money and uh, now really, um, especially I think what's really shaking things up are, are all these realignment um, talks that are going on, you know, especially with, Oklahoma and Texas going uh, to the the SEC, and you know I, I'm just kind of curious. You you are the biggest college football fan I think I know. Um, how are you feeling right now? Um, I'm not encouraged about the future. Truthfully, I'm not encouraged, and I don't want to be melodramatic, like over the top about it. I'm not encouraged about the future of the sport. Um, I think it is devolving into. And, and I shouldn't say devolving. I think this has probably been a long time coming and this is just another step in that direction. I think it is quickly moving away from what I have always loved about college football. Um, it's becoming sort of an NFL light, in my opinion. It is all about making the best TV product, making the most money for the teams in power. And that's not a new thing in and of itself, right? I have no problem with like the name image and likeness stuff. Like these kids are finally able to make a little bit of money off of who they are. Good for them. Like God bless them. No problem with that whatsoever. Um, But in my opinion, college football has always been, and I saw a guy on the athletic today, like um, I I read an article and I thought there was a, a point in there that sort of captured in my opinion, what made college football really awesome and sort of unique and different than than the NFL or these other ones is there's a lot of fan bases out there that would rather win some stupid goofy rivalry trophy than like a national championship that means more to them and and that's maybe a little bit oversimplification but all of this all of these things that have made like college football very unique is even bad teams like teams that aren't in the national championship hunt they're still like they still have things that they're playing for. And I think as these conferences start to devolve and break up and, and it's going to be the haves and have nots is not a new thing in college football, but it's going to be more apparent. And those other teams are going to be sort of left by the wayside. And, and to an extent that's okay, but I really, I think between conference realignment and the expanding um, playoff system, it's, it's, it's turning away f- from what separated college football from other sports. Like everybody loves March Madness, right? We know like March Madness is a ton of fun. No one watches college basketball during the regular season. Right. No one cares. 
every year we get on here and it, like we try you and I we, you watch some of OU and I watch some of Ohio State but I don't talk to anybody like I talk to a lot of people about sports I don't know anybody who when it comes to March Madness really has a really good like really good feel for who's good save like a few people on like Twitter who um, really really are into college basketball I was gonna say, right? or the beat writers who are being right. paid to cover it <laughs> right those people right but yeah. I think we can all acknowledge that college basketball's regular season not that great because all anybody wants to do is get to March Madness. I feel like college football is moving that direction, especially I have a bigger problem with expanding the playoffs than I do with conference realignment, but I think they're just sort of going to run together and they're going to be these sort of, I don't know, a slippery slope of things that are just going to constantly change and shift the overall dynamic of the sport to where it's not these really intense, like regional rivalries and all these things that have, made it, in my opinion, the best regular season in sports. Um, I just, I think we're probably past the point of no return already with that, which is unfortunate in my opinion. Um, and I think they're, I think they're going to realize probably later down the road that just going all in to make a bunch of money um, may cost them long-term because I think the sport as a whole will become less appealing to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, there's that, dystopian you know commoditize everything as much as you can and just ring it for every last drop that you can get out of it and when you've gotten everything you can you just kind of kick it by the wayside and move on to the next thing and you could you know for the longest time I always felt like the end point of where we were going was that the power five conferences were going to kind of break off at their own level from you know the group of five group of five and, and, and whatever. And, you know, if anything, what I feel like what we're seeing now, it, it's going to, I still think there's going to be a group that breaks off. Um, but I think it's going to be much smaller, much smaller I think, than the power five. I yeah. Totally it's yeah. going to be like maybe half the power five. If you're like one of those teams that's perennially in the bottom half of those conferences, uh-huh. I, I, unless you get, um, a booster who's willing to just spend like a drunken sailor on, uh, endorsement deals for players i don't i don't know how you're digging yourself out of that right now it's actually kind of makes me that was the other thing i was going to ask you about do you see the the power structure in college football changing based on programs that might have more uh spend happy boosters so to speak like do you think ohio state nil stuff yeah like do you think you know, I mean, it, it's kind of a uh, understood and or, or you know, recognize that college football is like a borderline religion in the South, and you know, I'm sure there are are you know people who are supporting Alabama, you know, car dealerships and uh, everything else down there, um, who are going to be you know striking deals for for players, and that's going to make some of those programs down there even more appealing than they are now. Do you see, you know, the, the community around Ohio state matching that and, you know, not losing any ground. Maybe like, I don't know. It really depends. Like you look at Alabama and there was a, the other day Saban said something about how um, Bryce young their I'm not sure what class he is. I'm not sure if he's a freshman or sophomore or whatever he is, but they're the guys expected to be their quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. said he's he's making close to a million dollars in endorsement deals which i thought about i was like wow that's a crazy number and then thought about it a little longer i'm like i'm also pretty sure it's bullshit because if companies were going to pay him a million dollars we'd probably see him in something by now they'd probably want him actually promoting their product well i would wait and see like you know once we get into the season i i don't why would you wait if you're giving him that much money why would you wait to Get them out there. Well, like it doesn't. I, mean, make it, I, I just, I think that I personally, personally, I think Saban probably inflated that number quite a bit because that's something he can go tell recruits. Um, I don't think there's any chance he's making that much money. Now he might make. Well, the other thing though I, is those I, boosters I make quite a bit, but I mean, we've we've talked about um, you know bag men and uh, hundred dollar handshakes and things like that forever. I mean, just because they aren't appearing in commercials for 
businesses or whatnot. I mean, those boosters really, you know, for them, maybe the benefit isn't that, Hey, player X is endorsing my company. It's, um, Hey, I, I was responsible for getting player X to be the quarterback of my team on Saturday afternoons, or I'm sorry, on Saturday primetime, because we can't have big games in the afternoon anymore, unless you're on Fox on the, the big noon. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't think necessarily that uh, not appearing in commercials is, uh, especially, you know, a month before the season starts, I, I wouldn't necessarily think that's a smoking gun in and of itself. Uh, I don't know. I think if, if someone was going to give him that much money, he'd be working for him by now. Wouldn't be waiting for the season or anything like that. They're, they'd want to get their money's worth. But truthfully, it doesn't really matter. Their money's that's worth. Like, that's what I'm saying, though. Their money's worth is making sure that player goes to the school that I want him to go to. If I'm if I'm opening up my checkbook, it's hey, I'm, well, he's I'm already getting... at that school, right? But you know, you can you can use that sort of thing in recruiting to be like, hey, we're gonna help set you up with you know these deals, and you know you you know maybe not immediately this year, but if you're like a kid that's gonna be making a decision in the next year or two, and you see, hey, this kid he hasn't even played it down on the field yet, and all of a sudden he's already making a million dollars because that's what they that's how they take care of you at Alabama. Um, yeah, well, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be okay. You can't just give them a million dollars. You understand what I'm saying though. I do, but no, but (laughs) but I, I still think like, yes, I think Saban saying that is for that exact purpose. Like if you come here, you can make this much money. I think he's full of shit. I don't think he's making it not to denigrate that. He's probably making, he's probably got himself some pretty nice little opportunities. Let's put it that way. Okay. I don't think he's sniffing a million dollars. Um, because truthfully, at the end of the day, too, as big as Alabama is football-wise, they're still like a regional regional brand. They're not a national brand. They're not. They don't have alumni all over the country who are passionate Alabama fans willing to spend money on Alabama product. Like if if and it depends how many things he did. And, and we're spending too much time on this one deal. But like, I don't have a huge problem with the the NIL stuff. I think say that was more far more about recruiting than it was about actually telling us that Bryce Young is making a lot of money. Um, I think that is very minor in the grand scheme in terms of how it impacts college football. But I think you're right that what prior may have been, you know, we're going to have 60 ish teams that are all power five teams and they're going to, have their own thing and the haves and have nots are finally going to separate. And I, I said that, I think I said it a couple of years ago, what I thought should happen is the power five should make their own division. And then the group of five should be their own division. And we need to stop pretending that they're on the same level and that they should be competing for the same titles. Like the, it, that's never made sense in my opinion. Um, if they made that split a couple of years ago, four or five years ago. Would any of what's happening now be happening still anyway? Was this a inevitable? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know because I, I have to think if they went that way. Depends what they did with the playoff. Because truthfully, right now they're just making they're just printing more and more money by adding games to the postseason, and it's wild. I said this to my buddy today. Like it wasn't that long ago that I was, you know, I was pumped and like really excited to see Ohio State play. I don't know, some, some random team. I can't even think of who they've played in, like in the Fiesta Bowl. It was a game with no real stakes. It didn't actually matter. I, it shows you how much it actually mattered in the grand scheme. I can't remember who they played. I know they played like Texas and they played Notre Dame and won. And like, but those were a big deal. Like making a BCS Bowl was a big deal. It wasn't a national championship, but it was still like, okay, this sure. can like redeem the season. That's like going to be gone for a lot of teams. Like Ohio State, missing the playoff is going to be a failure of a season. And that's it. That's all they're going to be judged on. And I don't know that that's good. I don't know that it's that binary of a, of a system now for, for college football, where most of these teams are only evaluated on that one sort of thing. And for teams like Alabama and Ohio state, it's not just going to be making the playoff. You got to win in the playoff too. Um, So it's, I don't know. And, and like I said earlier, it takes away from the regular season too, because like, yeah, I can look back at Ohio state games from, from recent years, right. The blowout loss to Iowa or Purdue, like games like that 
those games sucked in real time. And yes, if you asked me during that game, like, would you rather have like a do-over? Do you think like Ohio State deserves like another shot? They're still, are they still one of the best teams? Do they still belong in the playoff? I, I probably would have said, yeah, like it'd be great if they got a mulligan, they got a do-over and, and we could just forget that that game ever happened. But every other league and every other sport, you lose one game during the regular season, you can always make up for it. College football is the only one where if you lose one game, it feels like you have to recalibrate. You have to decide if you're still playing for, for the same things you were playing for before. If you're lucky, you can get a do-over, but you don't. You definitely don't get two. Yeah. Now, if we expand into like 12, I was looking. There's only one year in since the new playoff came out in 2014. There's only been one year where a three-loss team would not have made a playoff if there were 12 teams. Hmm. I'm sorry. If you lose three games during the regular season, you don't deserve another chance. I think if you lose two, you don't really deserve a chance. And one of my buddies I was texting today is like, no, it gives more more teams a chance to prove whether they're you know the best team or not. I'm like, no, they proved three times. They had three chances to prove they were the best team and they failed. Yeah. I don't think it's good for the sport. And I think like if I'm walking away from blowout losses to like Iowa and Purdue, like, eh, whatever, you know, we can make up for it. We'll be fine. That's not that takes away from how in my opinion, how special the regular season is. And the one thing that sets college football apart from the NFL. All right. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I, I know that the, the talk was that um, Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC here at some point in the next couple of years. Is there a counter move for the Big Ten? Are they, personally, are... I think the move is to is not necessarily to expand the conference, but to create I think create like a more, I'll say like a strategic alliance, like a line with the Pac-12 or a line with the ACC. I don't think there's two teams that they can add that are going to come even close to matching, mm-hmm. um, to matching Texas and Oklahoma. Um, but I think if they can create something, the Pac-12 would be well served because they're just getting killed by by playing you know, all those late games. I think that's been brutal for them. And if they can create something that, you know, sort of tags along with the Rose Bowl, um, but expands like the overall reach of the two leagues, I think that could be something. I think it, I think they need to think outside of the, like the, the reactive box of, oh, well, they expanded, so we need to expand. Can I put on my conspiracy hat for a, a minute? I love, yes, I love conspiracy hats. Why have you, you not been wearing it all show? You know the, the deal that I really think they ought to be making? What's that? Is putting their primary TV rights back with ESPN so that ESPN has their full contract with them for football like they used to and, and get off of Fox as soon as that deal is up because ESPN is the TV partner for the playoff ESPN, um, I think either this year or next, is going to have the full TV rights for the SEC. They're, they're taking that SEC. Uh, 2024. C- yeah, I would say that they're they're getting the this package that's currently on CBS. That's going to ESPN. Um, ESPN's got the ACC. And, you know, watch what happens with the NHL this year now that the NHL gets... Uh, is going back onto ESPN. You know, we saw what happened. The NHL became... For all intents and purposes, persona non grata on Sports Center, uh, other than like the absolute bare minimum. Um, once ESPN wouldn't didn't get, have, I wouldn't get too rights. far ahead on that. Like they just the other day, the NHL draft was on like ESPN Plus. Okay, and I don't remember what garbage they were airing on ESPN, but it was once like, they oh, start this is airing a- games and they need to start getting their ratings up for games. When when your games are on ESPN networks, those other programs are there to help get you to watch more games that are airing on their networks. And I just, you know, you watch these talking head shows. I just conspiracy theorist me. Um, I, I think when you're the Fox conference and you know, you're up for that last playoff spot or playoff positioning versus uh, an ESPN conference and ESPN's holding the remote to what channel you're going to be watching those games on. You know, talking heads on television during those studio shows, 
you know, they're spouting their opinions and it's shaping people's views and it all plays into, into the bigger picture. And I think it would be advantageous for the big 10 to have their games and be part of, of ESPN full throttle um, like they were previously when the, before they jumped over to Fox. Maybe. Okay. I could, I mean, I could see that. I don't, that I honestly think has a little less significance than I thought it was going to. Um, originally, when it first like came down, that that's what was happening. Um, like when Big Ten first moved to Fox, but it also like you assume that ESPN would want the Big Ten. Sure. And so they just wrote a deal with the SEC. That's you know, a huge number. I don't know what they do now. Do they renegotiate that? Do they figure out new numbers for it with Texas and Oklahoma as part of it? I don't know, but yeah, it's a good question. Um, what we've learned, I mean, ESPN's had personalities leave over the years, but I mean, the the inevitable rule with ESPN is if they want rights to something or they want to hire somebody, they always find the money in the couch cushions in Bristol without fail. Yeah. But for, for as long as, I mean, as long as I can remember a recent memory, um, big 10 has been per school has been bringing in quite a bit more than the sec. And everyone talks about it. Like when the new sec deal came out, everyone was, you know, going crazy. Like, Oh, sec is going to pass the big 10. Well, it's like, no, the big 10 was really smart a few years ago. Last time they, um, last time they set up their new TV agreement, they set up a shorter one. They set up only for six years while most were doing like 10 years at that point, which means they're going to be up for negotiation again, right around the time that that new SEC deal is starting up. And one thing we know, just it happens in pro sports with contracts. You never make less than the guy before you. Sure. You never seem to make less. Like that franchise quarterback this year, he might not be as good as the guy who signed his deal last year, but he's going to get more money. Um, And that's just sort of the way it goes. I don't know for sure that ESPN would be willing to pony up that cash with what they're already going to be paying the SEC while Fox might be. So I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that your suggestion while I get what you're saying. I don't know if that's feasible either. Yeah. Cause they can look at it and be like, yeah, we're paying the SEC this and the SEC, uh, they got better teams. They're doing bigger numbers than you guys are. While Fox, right. they could big tech and go to and be like, Hey, you guys need fucking something to put on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I just, I wonder though, like, you know, okay. SEC draws better. Well, if you put the ESPN hype machine behind the big 10 to the same yeah. degree, that's fair. Know, maybe it changes in a few yeah, years. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be one of those things to follow. I, and I, I don't know when, when the big 10 is going to start pursuing that next deal either that's that's the one question right they still got a couple years left but the sec they locked theirs up years before they needed to um so we'll see what happens yeah the times are changing man new new name for the baseball team we got uh college football uh it's uh it's all up in the air man yeah it's crazy it's it's a weird time it's like i feel like a lot has happened in the last like few days for what is is generally a relatively quiet time. Well, it's given us something to talk about in yeah. late July, so that's yeah. nice. I'll we'll take, take it. it. All right, man. Anything else on your mind? Yeah. Who do you want the Cavs to get? Ooh. Um. I think. Uh, boy, I tell you, you know, Evan Mobley seems to be the the smart pick from everybody seems to be where all the tea leaves are going this and that week. definitely seems to be which direction the smoke seems to be blowing and i know i i'm just an un- uneducated rube who gets swept up by march madness but i'm not saying i want them to take him but i think jalen suggs is going to be better in the nba than people are giving him credit for everybody's okay marking him down is like a distinct tier below the other three. And I, I don't feel like the gap is that much there. There were just plays that he made. I mean, everybody points to like that half court buzzer beater or whatever. And yeah, that was fun. But like that game against UCLA and somebody tweeted it out yesterday. I think there was that sequence where he in, in one play blocked some guy at the rim, saved the ball from going out of bounds brought it up the floor and threw about a 60 foot bounce pass in stride, hitting a guy for a dunk up ahead. 
and it's like, wow. Like, you know, having, it was just every skill on display. It was, it was unbelievable. And, um, I don't know. I just, I thought he was a hell of a player and, um, you know, I, I, Kate Cunningham obviously has, you know, everybody excited. And then I, I know Detroit's like, Oh, you know, we haven't decided yet. Yeah, you have. <laughs> He's going to Detroit. Um, and it seems like Jalen Green, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty strongly marked in there. For, yeah, but Jalen Green seems what? like he's going to Houston, which is fine. I mean, he's he's a super exciting player. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I was watching G League games, but everything that I've seen from him, it's like wow, I can see where the where the excitement comes from. I, he certainly looks like an electric player. Um, and Evan Mobley, you know, I, we'll get somebody on here to you know who's a lot smarter about this stuff than either you or I are. But uh, you know, if he's got all the tools, you know. It, you could certainly see where that could work for the Cavs. So um, I'm just so relieved that they got the draft position that they did and that we can be talking about, you know, Kate Cunningham and Mobley and Green and Suggs. And we're not trying to force ourselves to get excited by those guys that are going to be in like the seven, eight, nine range. Yeah. End up, could end up being decent, but, you know, Cavs finally caught a break here after the last couple of years. I, I know everybody's always like, oh, man, when does Cleveland not move up? Cleveland, yeah. Look at our lottery history. Yeah, obviously we got the best prize of all with, you know, the the LeBron lottery and, you know, the Kyrie one. But like recent years, especially since these odds have been changed, Cavs have not exactly caught many breaks. So the Kyrie the, one was the one that wasn't actually our pick. Yeah, it was, right? yeah, that wasn't even the Cavs pick. That was the one that they had to pay Baron Davis like twenty nine million dollars so they could get a two percent chance of winning the lottery with the Clippers pick. So and then they won like the twenty thirteen one, which like they took Anthony Bennett. Say what you want about that being a terrible pick. That draft hasn't been very good. Like no. regardless of who they took, like right. Giannis obviously was in that, so that's a little different. But like the top ten of that pick, none of them are really all that good. Like yeah. Oladipo, I think was in that draft and he's okay, but like. Yeah, they they moved up in that one. They got they won the lottery, but winning the lottery is like the five dollar scratch off, you know. Right. Um, it's not. Yeah. They, they yeah, didn't this, hit the Powerball. In this current rebuild, this feels like a very good year to uh, get get your your odds. You know, you know, move up as opposed to getting moved down. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for Thursday. That we'll see which way it goes. I'm really curious to see if the Cavs end up making any sort of a trade to get a second first round pick. I know there was that deal that uh, was at new Orleans and Memphis made today. Sounds like that's probably going to take a very likely target for the Cavs If they wanted to try to get another lottery pick that that 10th pick is, uh, you know, out of the discussion now. So that's, that's certainly one that's going to probably significantly reduce their odds of getting a second lottery pick. But I, I could see the Cavs making some sort of move that, you know, could end up getting them a second draft pick on Thursday night. So that could be fun. Okay. Don't, don't, don't well, rush to go switch over to the Olympics. Uh, as soon as uh, you see Evan Mobley put on the Cavs hat, cause uh, they might not be done yet. Okay. I will take your, I'll take your advice on that one. Although I don't know that I'll be, I don't know that I'll be glued to the TV watching the draft anyways. So <laughs> we'll see, but yeah, I'll no, text you when it's, it's time. I appreciate you. That's all. I got, I got Twitter. I mean, I'll be paying attention to what's going on. But oh, if you're on Twitter, you'll you'll be. Uh, I'll know before you do. Ten probably. minutes before yeah. uh, anybody watching. Woj bombs. Yeah, Woj. Detroit is tantalized by. Uh, they're is intrigued it- with I, that. That would that became my favorite running gag. Was ESPN told him you're not allowed to tip picks anymore because you're ruining our TV broadcast. So he just started using vague language that you could. <laughs> <laughs> It pretty much gave it away, but right. didn't truly give it away. Yeah, yeah te- technically he was okay, but basically giving a middle finger to his employer, which I guess if you're Woj, you can get away with that. But yeah, for real. Like, oh, well, we can't really fire you. You're the still the biggest insider in the sport. So yeah, <laughs> yep. All that's right. the way it goes. There it is. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it for us. As a reminder. You could subscribe to The Nail in the Coffin on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcast listening platforms. Uh, We are also on waitingfornextyear.com. Some really good content up there Uh, this week. I would uh, encourage you to go check out uh, Waiting for Next Year if you haven't uh, been to the site recently. Some really, really good stories there. uh, So uh, give that a look. 
And uh, yeah, I think that is going to do it for us. So for Travis Julie, I am Tom Valentino. We will catch you next time on The Nail in the Coffin, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.